0: Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Peraldeo Joey, or Joey Awajian. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, PodMN, Stitcher, Double Twist, others like, of course, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, those are some biggies, and Audible slash Amazon Music. Thank you always and forever for downloading and listening to the show. Always appreciate it so much. Please tell your friends about it if you could. Today we are going to look into the Championship Sunday, the Packers versus the Bucks, and of course the Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs, the defending champions. Well, we're going to look at that, we'll preview the Super Bowl. No Vikings news today, so it's going to be a two-segment show, nothing new, we don't have a new special teams coordinator, we don't have a new offensive coordinator, Gary Kubiak officially retired, so it's like the news is already kind of out there that he's you know, it's like he retired, okay, well, he's still thinking about, yeah, he retired, so there's your Vikings news, now we can move forward, unfortunately, without the Vikings, it is what it is, obviously, it's a Vikings show, but why not talk about the postseason, Aaron Rodgers, the Bucks, all that stuff, we'll go to the AFC first, because, well, you know, it wasn't nearly as good a game as the Bucks versus the Packers for many reasons, I suppose, I was not right completely, I was 50% correct, of course, at the beginning of the season, I picked Kansas City to repeat its champions, and they very, very, very well might. I was leaning towards like either Kansas City-Green Bay or Kansas City-Seattle at the beginning of the season. Ended up being Seattle, and well, that was way off. But Kansas City's there, so I hope I'm not right. Looking forward, I hope I'm not right. But we'll see. 38-24, to this was not a very good game, even though, of course, the Bills... I mean, Stefan Diggs, I can imagine shades of the Philadelphia game. Very strong start to the game, generally speaking. But what did in the Buffalo Bills in this game... The fact they just couldn't get in the damn end zone. They just couldn't. Okay, they got in once, basically. Oh, they got in a couple times. I'm just teasing. They got in a couple times, but it was like too little too late. The second time around was very, very late in the game with about, what, like four minutes remaining. Otherwise, it was just field goals most of the time there, which was, you know, that's what did them in. I mean, you got to get in the end zone against this team who can score. They can get first downs. I mean, again, when you need seven yards, Patrick Mahomes will get you 11 or 21 or something like that, doing something somehow, some way, flipping the pass, shoveling the pass, sailing it. That was probably, probably one of the coolest looking passes the way he just sailed it in. And it's like it's like he's a pitcher, like his father Pat Mahomes of the Minnesota Twins and Texas Rangers and stuff like that. It's like he was throwing a changeup. It's like okay, Travis Kelsey, here you go. There's another one, just a little sail, but uh, for the one reason. Again, like I said, the, the Buffalo Bills couldn't get in the freaking end zone. They just couldn't get there. They'd get to the red zone, they'd be right there, and they couldn't get in. I mean, that's the Chiefs defense. It'll drive you nuts. Very, very stingy defense. They're the Kansas City Chiefs. Even though it's not a spectacular defense, it's a very hyperactive one, which will drive you nuts sometimes. Like, when you don't get your first down, you want to curse and shatter the TV screen if it's your team, which it was the Vikings last year. Ugh, oh, drove me crazy. But, uh, and, of course, Cleveland Browns last week, that was a frustration. I mean, they should have. They could have taken care of business. That was a golden opportunity. You know, golden opportunity. And they bleeped it up, which was so frustrating. Kansas City's defense did what they did, and they did it pretty hard on Buffalo. I thought the Bills had a legitimate shot in this game, but again, not being able to get in the end zone. And then, of course, the other major factor that is just going to kill you. The Kansas City Chiefs, well, the Buffalo Bills couldn't tackle. They just couldn't tackle. They couldn't make the stops when they needed to. And then, you know, Tyreek Hill, is any type of open field play, it's like game over pretty much. He's going to get, at least going to get the first down, if not get much more. The guy drives me nuts. He's kind of a bleep talker, but I guess welcome to the NFL. Stefan Diggs is also. Um, but again, a solid start for Buffalo, up 9 nothing. Shades of the uh, Vikings marching down the field against the Philadelphia Eagles to go up 7 nothing, and then it was just like, you know not a good day after that, so I feel for Stefan Diggs. He was uh, standing and watching the celebration for an extended time, along with another teammate for quite a while, just kind of, like, soaking it in, like, you know, I I, I want that to be us. It's going to be us next year, damn it. It's going to be us next year, damn it. That's basically what the vibe is. We'll see. Um, a lot of teams have recovered, like the Kansas City Chiefs lost in heartbreaking fashion to the New England Patriots in the, uh, uh, you know, in January 19, which was, of course, the 2018 season. And then, of course, the Patriots went on and won the Super Bowl. Kansas City came marching back the next year and won it all, despite the fact Mahomes missed three games and the Chiefs, you know, didn't have the best record, but they marched down and got it done, kind of like the Bucks are in the Super Bowl now for with a similar reason with a you know, inferior record to a few other teams, not due to injuries, but due to some awful games earlier in the season, but the Bucks ended up winning the NFC anyway. Look at me jumping ahead. And, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs did that last year, losing Mahomes for a couple of games and still got in, just having to win on the road. So certain teams, certain young, talented teams recover. With the Vikings, it's like every time they get to the NFC title game, the next year is always worse. They either miss the playoffs or get knocked out fairly early. Um, 1999 ended up being the strongest year after that, because at least the Vikings got to the second round, but then were demolished by the St. Louis Rams, Well, this Kansas City Chiefs team kind of reminds me of the St. Louis Rams. Uh, You give them any type of space, it's like explosion. It's an explosion down the field, literally. Terry Kill would have fit right in with those St. Louis Rams of 1999. Uh, You know, the the greatest show on turf, all that speed and all that. Remember, like, Torrey Holt, Isaac Bruce, who was a little older already, but he was still just an explosive uh, player. Uh, They had Marshall Falk. That's the one thing missing from the Kansas City Chiefs. There's no Marshall Falk. But Patrick Mahomes is, you know, as good as Kurt Warner was, he was spectacular that year, that quick release. Mahomes adds a little bit more, of course. I mean, he, you know, he throws the ball like it's a baseball. He, he looks like a pitcher. Doesn't he, though? Like those change-ups he was throwing? And then here's the fastball. Okay, there's the change-up. Here's the fastball. And now we're going to go underneath. And what is it like? What, what would that be? A sidearm pitch, you know, to Travis Kelsey? <laughs> so it's, it's pretty crazy stuff. But... Uh, Patrick Mahomes is the ace of the staff for the Kansas City Royals. They're going to win another World Series. They don't have to wait 30 years this time. They don't have to wait 50 years for another Super Bowl, probably. Well, it didn't take him 50 years to get back to the Super Bowl. We'll see what happens in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. I don't know. Buffalo was so damn good this year, and then it's just, I don't know. Then you look at the score and what took place. It's just like, okay, all right, you know, I guess... I guess. I mean, <laughs> picking them to win, picking them to go back to back, wasn't probably a dumb idea, really. Unfortunately, it probably wasn't. Oh man, yeah. And that Chiefs defense, Frank Clark, a couple of sacks, Chris Jones, a sack, Lejarius Need a sack, and yep. And uh, Jake Allen, after the game, was talking about the, you know, that, that they they kind of got to him. They're just chippy. They're obnoxious. Some of those defensive players of Kansas City, but it's part of the game, unfortunately. Tyreek Hill, part of the game, also. God. Tackle the son of a gun. Just, oh, my God. As good as Buffalo Bills defense can be and as great as their offense can be. Tackle the son of a gun. And they just couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. They just couldn't tackle. Travis Kelsey, they couldn't get to the ball fast enough. He was open how many freaking times? 13 catches, 118 yards, a couple of touchdowns again, the shovel or sidearm or whatever it was, and then the sail. The sail away. It was just like the most gentle little changeup I've ever seen. I like that stuff, you know. I've thrown passes like that, but not as well. Let's just leave it at that. I've had the idea of throwing plays like that, and yeah, it's fun to do stuff like that. Obviously not as well. Obviously not as well, but I mean I mean, all of us on the, you know, playing pickup football, or maybe you actually played high school football, have made plays like that if you got to be the quarterback, this and that. If you were blessed enough to be the QB, which luckily I got to be at times. <clears throat> not in high school football though. <laughs> um yeah, it's called pickup ball outside of the park, but it's a lot of fun. Tyreek Hill was playing pickup ball, all right. My goodness, he was picking up his feet, and nobody was tackling him. I mean, nobody was tackling the son of a gun. Oh, shoot, he didn't get in the end zone, but who cares? He he got like 70 yards along the way. 172 yards for Tyreek Hill. Oh, yeah, yeah. Again, St. Louis Rams, basically. They, they look like the Rams without Marshall Falk. And I'd say their defense is slightly better. But maybe Tom Brady will take care of this team like he took care of the 2001 Rams and without the stealing calls or something from Bill Belichick. We'll see what happens with that one. I don't know. You might Stealing calls from the Chiefs, still, you still might not beat them. It's not going to be easy. Uh, are they going to be a dynasty? I don't know. Mahomes' contract is probably a little too big for the Kansas City Chiefs to be a dynasty. But we'll see. We'll see how many... We'll see how players feel about the possibility maybe taking a little less to go and win a championship or two or three or four we'll see what happens but uh everybody wants their money everybody wants to get paid everybody that works hard and does well at their job wants to get paid i want to get paid at my job and if people told me you've got to you, you need to take less i'd tell them to go t- i'd tell them to go somewhere where the sun doesn't shine that's where i'd tell them to go go bleep themselves uh you're going to pay me <laughs> and that's basically how it is in the business world it's also that way in the football and sports business world as well, that's just how it goes. Um, luckily, they make enough, or maybe it doesn't kill them, I suppose, like five million versus seven, I suppose, uh, per season or something like that, to just to kind of help here and there, <sighs> rather than go to pay like eight million mil, get paid like eight to ten, and go play for the o- o- Oakland Raiders and you know maybe go nine and seven or something. Uh, the Kansas City looks, they look legit. They look like a Super Bowl favorite. They are their role. They are what they are. They look like a 14-2 and Super Bowl favorite type of team, and Buffalo looked like a, a team that was, you know, they just hit a wall. You know, the 13-3 and Vikings hit a wall in Philadelphia. It's a shame. You know, they remind me a lot of the Vikings, honestly. It's just Josh Allen's better than Case Bleep and Keenum, I think, and they have a lot of young players in that roster that uh, could take them to a better place. Stephon Diggs is better than he was back then. As good as Diggs was in 97, and he had the miracle play, He's even better now in Buffalo. We'll see. Good luck, Buffalo. Hopefully next year will be the year that they, they, maybe they knock the Chiefs off. You know, maybe they're that conference final team that knocks the team off the next year. You know, the Oilers versus the New York Islanders in the Cup Final, stuff like that, where the Islanders were the dynasty and then the Oilers took over. Um, maybe it's just a couple of years for Kansas City and then Buffalo takes over for a couple of years and then after that, uh, Cleveland takes over. We'll see. Or Cleveland knocks out Buffalo next year and Kansas City. Well, I'm sure... Uh, Vince Germano would love that very much, hailing from Melbourne, Australia. That would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? It would. Well, should we go to our feature presentation? Dun, dun, dun. The feature presentation. (laughs) Yeah, sound effects, right? Great sound effects, huh? And now, our feature presentation. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're not the schmucks right now because they have Tom Brady. Otherwise, they are the schmucks. 11-5 11-5 going into 13-3 and Lambeau Field. Both home teams had fans in the stadium, and I'm sure they're going to have fans in Tampa Bay again. Uh, they'll have Tampa, well, not that Tampa got to host a playoff game this year because they didn't. Brady's quarterback rating was greatly, greatly uh, exaggerated in a negative way because three interceptions in the game. One of them was earned. The other two, I would have to say, had Mike Evans all over it. Uh, Cadre Ishmael style like he used to do to Warren Moon or Brad Johnson. I, I guess it was Warren Moon tipping the ball up in the air, and then intercepted because he just couldn't bring in the pass. Multiple times, Mike Evans could have made the big play and got the job done. I mean, the the Buccaneers could have actually blown the Packers out, honest to God, if not for the mistakes of Mike Evans. Now, early on, to his credit, Mike Evans was great. Early on, Mike Evans was great. But the rest of the game, not really. I mean, you know, he made, what, two of his three catches on the opening drive, including that touchdown touchdown. And then eight targets later, it was dropped this, dropped that. There was a throwaway one where maybe he ran the wrong route. Otherwise, Tom Brady was getting kind of like avoiding pressure, getting the ball away. I don't know what that one was. That was the second interception. Mike Evans looked like he could have like done something about it, knocked the ball away, something. He could have done something, but he just kind of stood there and let the ball be intercepted. A big time play, but of course again, the tip up play was the most, was the most damning and very frustrating. I honestly thought the Bucks were going to lose at that point. It felt like they were just going to choke this thing away. But that Tampa Bay defense did what Aaron Rodgers wanted his defense to do. Get a stop. Get a stop. And they got a stop. And they got many stops in the game. Rodgers put up numbers. He was, uh, he was fantastic for the most part. He did have a key interception, which helped lead to one of the Buccaneers' scores. The difference in this game, in a lot of ways, was the Packers didn't really capitalize on the turnovers. They, they kind of did, but it was mostly just good drives by Rodgers and the Packers. Uh, Aaron Jones was hurt on the fumble. He was hit really hard. Looked like his chest, something like that, was hurt on the fumble. Big-time play. Tampa Bay capitalized on the turnovers, and uh, Green Bay did not. That was the difference in the game, in a lot of ways, is capitalizing off the turnovers. Uh multiple turnovers. Again, three interceptions by Brady, and I think Packers got about six points out of it. Kind of like the Buffalo Bills. Couldn't get in the end zone, this and that. Even though the opening drive after those multiple turnovers, or the next drive, the ensuing drive, as they say, was pretty amazing by Rogers. Just, you know, sliced right through that Tampa defense. But after that, after that, as scary as the game got because of the turnovers, that Tampa defense was the difference maker in a lot of ways. Three sacks by Shaquille Barrett. And two stacks, two stacks by Jason Pierre-Paul. So in a lot of ways, it's young, talented players versus uh, super great old veteran players. Gamak and Sue, Jason Pierre-Paul, Shaquille Barrett's done a great job. I wouldn't call him old because he's not. Antoine Winfield Jr. was not able to play, unfortunately. But the older, other Golden Gopher made one of the key catches of the game. In fact, it was his only catch, unfortunately. But it was a spectacular play. And he also drew a penalty. That, uh, not spectacular play, but it was a very key catch that kept a drive alive for Tampa. Keep the clock moving, which is exactly what you want when you're ahead in a big playoff game on the road. Or any time you're ahead, basically, late in the game. But made some big, big, big plays. Uh, did Tyler Johnson again, the, uh, the penalty he drew, which was a penalty. It looked at first like, oh crap, there was no contact. Nothing happened. Yes, there was. I uh, saw the white jersey getting stretched pretty far. The ball, he was, I mean, the jersey was being pulled and held onto. So there's a reason why, why uh, Tyler Johnson fell. And that's why the Buccaneers were able to get that new set of downs. And then they also had too many men in the field Did the Packers. So it was first down and five. Uh, Tampa kind of screwed around and struggled here and there. Uh, this and that. Green Bay actually intentionally gave a first down on one play to prevent the four extra downs. Uh, messing around, burning the clock some more, prevent an extra down or two, which was actually really smart. They intentionally did a uh, offsides. I, I understand that. That was actually smart. I was like, I've never seen that before, but it was very smart because it saved a couple downs. Because obviously, down by down by down, you can burn up to about 50 seconds of the clock once your timeouts are gone, or you, of course you lose a timeout. One of the two, depending on your situation. But uh, that was a very, very intelligent play by the Green Bay defense. But well, unfortunately, they just couldn't make the stop, which I was totally fine with. <laughs> totally fine with that. Uh, Chris Goodwin ran for that six-yard play, and it was great. Uh, the uh, Tampa slot receiver, Chris Goodwin, quick little six yards. That's the only uh, r- rush he did in the game. And it was the biggest rush for Tampa Bay in about, uh, how many years has it been? About 18 years. The biggest rush ever. The biggest six yards in the history of the Tampa Bay Bucks in 18 years, putting them in the Super Bowl for the first time since 2002, where they blew the <laughs> Oakland Raiders out. The Raiders were actually favored in that game, if I remember correctly. They're a really talented team. Though a lot of us probably saw the Bucks winning that thing. I was hoping for the Raiders, but um, they had the league MVP. But it was just too many old guys on that roster, unfortunately. Hopefully it's not going to be similar for Tampa. But I think that defense is legit. I really do. They have the best run defense in the league. But unfortunately, Kansas City doesn't run the ball all that much. But hey, if they can be a factor against Patrick Mahomes going forward, the Tampa Bay Bucks do have a shot. Aaron Rodgers had some cryptic comments at the end of the game. And this was a fantastic game, but I mean, I'll just keep going. I'll probably go back into the game some more, ramble some more about the game if you don't mind. But we'll see. Uh, Rodgers, after the game, said a lot of guys' futures that are uncertain, myself included, that, uh, that's what's sad about it. The most, uh, that's what's sad about it the most, getting this far. <laughs> Obviously, there was going to be an end to it at some point, whether we make it past this one or not. But just the uncertainties and stuff and the finality of it all. Whoa. So, <laughs> Rogers, we'll see what happens. Uh oh. Sorry about that. Uh, there's always change. That's the only constant in this business. Like, not for long. It's really tough to get to this point. Really, really, really tough. Especially. Especially with there being only one bye week. Yeah, that is too bad. They should have had it. The playoffs. Oh, no, they had it. Uh, The playoffs. It's a grind just to get to this point. So, yeah, it would suck to have such an amazing season because who knows you're going to have another one. Um, That's going to be tough. We'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. It looks like, again, Matthew Stafford probably doing the right thing, heading out of Detroit. Dan Campbell hired to be the Detroit uh, Lions coach, and he's talking about, we're going to rip their people's heads off, and this and that. Okay, that's nice. Uh, we'll see. He might end up being a good coach. I, I, I wouldn't be all that confident about that. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea what to think about that. But, uh, Matthew Stafford, well, they're talking about him possibly going to the New England Patriots, which I think would be great. Maybe Rodgers winds up with the Patriots. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe Rodgers has one more year in Green Bay, and then that's it. We'll see. It's kind of sad, though. Maybe he'll demand out. Uh, There was uh, late in the game when the Packers were in scoring position. It was, what, fourth and three, and they opted for the field goal. LeFleur makes the final say on that, of course. Putting the Packers cut down by five, and then Green Bay never got the ball back. So that prevented a chance for the Packers to tie the game up and possibly go to OT and see what happens. Um, of course, you have to convert on the uh, 2 by conversion, and if they don't against that Tampa defense, well, that's it. Rodgers is obviously very clutch. The final pass, possibly ever with Rodgers as a quarterback with the Packers, uh, with the Packers, or just of the season, one way or another, that was a. There were multiple plays there. Rodgers could have ran. He could have ran. He would have either gotten in the end zone or gotten closer. Worst case scenario, okay, you still kick the ball and kick the field goal, but at least there was a chance maybe he would have gotten in the end zone. I mean, Aaron Rodgers can definitely do that. I honestly felt a little bit bad for him after the game, a little bit, which is weird. It's weird. You might think I'm crazy. Aaron Rodgers, the Packers, you felt bad? A little bit. But then again, I mean, obviously being a Tom Brady fan with the Patriots, all those years going back to 01, you know, just replacing Drew Bledsoe and having this new guy named Tom Brady... Let's see what happens. They go on this awesome run after going 0-2 and being terrible. Then they went crazy. Of course, Bill Belichick, who I actually liked with the Cleveland Browns. I liked him with the Browns. I thought he did a good job and turned out he was like the best coach they'd had, And you know. Even though he wasn't as good a coach as he would be with New England, he was the best coach they'd had in forever, basically. Okay, they had Schottenheimer, but Schottenheimer was a shot and loser. He just couldn't win in the playoffs. Great regular season coach. Couldn't win in the playoffs. Sounds familiar around these parts. Unfortunately, I wish it didn't. I did feel a little bit bad. I mean, it's like, shoot, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you just never know. I mean, it was a hell of a season, 48 touchdowns, and to see it all vanish, you, you feel a little bad, just as a sports fan, as a football fan first, and then Viking fan second in that case. Viking fan, it's like, yes, and of course, Tom Brady fan, yes. I was strongly cheering for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I wasn't being crazy about it. I always try to pretend I'm on press row when, I, when I'm watching it. I try to pretend it, but usually I can't. And if I was not pressed, real I would make sure not to go crazy. I would just kind of nod, like, "Wow, that was a great play," no matter who made the play. But then deep down in the inside, go Bucks. <clears throat> and yeah, first time I've been a Buccaneers fan, pretty much ever. Uh, <laughs> I did not want the Bucks to win the 2002 Super Bowl, whatever number that was. It was like I don't know, it was in the 30s somewhere, 35, I guess, right? Because it's 20 years ago. Yeah, 35. That was that was not 20 years ago. That was. Uh, It would have had to have been 34. Excuse me, 36. Yeah, had to have been 36 because that was 19 years ago. My apologies. Yeah, my niece was just a baby. Now she's 19. What the heck? Yeah, seems like yesterday, Brad Johnson versus the other Viking, former Viking quarterback of uh, (laughs) Rich Gannon. Isn't that crazy? League MVP Rich Gannon. I, I liked him a lot back in the day. A lot of people didn't. Some people did. Some people didn't. But it's like, I liked him. I thought he was underrated. I didn't think he'd be a league MVP, but I, I thought he was better than like a third string quarterback. Hell of a game though. Hell of a game for Tampa Bay. Obviously, again, the defense getting the job done. Rodgers just, you know, they, they couldn't convert in certain plays. And again, I, I don't know why he didn't run on some of those. That was kind of strange. Uh, there The last two plays, the Green Bay Packers would have to score and that red zone play, and again, that would be the last time they'd have the ball. I'm stunned he didn't run. I mean, that, that, those are because he was starting to run, and then he stopped and tried to throw the ball. And again, the very, very final play, kind of forcing it in there, and it wasn't caught, this and that. Regardless, if you want to believe a guy was held and stuff, he, he still got where he needed to be, or where he wanted to be, or where he could be, so to speak, even after that, where obviously the Tyler Johnson play, it made him fall. He was leaning, he was trying to get away from the guy, but he was pulling on his jersey, and then he ended up falling forward which I'm sure is one of those trick plays defensive players try to pull where the refs can't see it. And then, well, there you go. Oh, he didn't catch it. Incomplete pass. Get off the field, kid. Get off the field, kid. You suck, kid. I'm better than you, kid. That's basically what they're trying to do to him. The rookie Tyrell Johnson, but uh, just didn't work out for them. just didn't work out. No, sorry. (laughs) And, well, the Buccaneers go back to the Super Bowl again, like I keep saying, against the Kansas City Chiefs. This was definitely a strong possibility. The Chiefs would probably win the AFC. And the Bucks had all this... There's all this momentum this December... Uh, what do they call that? He's an assassin in December and January. Him being Tom Brady. Always has been. Always will be. And now they have a real shot at it. So now we turn to Super Bowl 55. Now that I actually know the number. Because in the past... So many, so many years... It's like, what was the number again? What was the number? Where this time it's like... It's easy to remember the double nickel... Uh, You got the L, which is 50, and then the V, and then the V. Simple. Not V1. V1 would be, say, 56, you know, or 6, or whatever the heck. So it's like Final Fantasy V, you know, the the Super Nintendo game we didn't get until, like, 1999 or later, depending on your situation. Uh, I'm definitely looking. Wow, there's Jerry Burns. (laughs) Hmm. That's a super old guy. Yeah, he gets tons of fan mail. Okay, well, that's interesting. Sorry. Distracted seeing that one. It's gonna be a hell of a game, I think. I hope. Put it this way: if it's a close game, I I really believe the Buccaneers win. Otherwise, maybe the Chiefs come and wax them, which could happen very possibly. Maybe it'll be a similar story to what the Buffalo Bills did. I think the Bucks really have a chance at this, though. That strong defense. Maybe the Chiefs are getting a little too happy with themselves, which I am kind of noticing now. I, I, I've i noticed it. Even of all people, Patrick Mahomes, who was probably the most humble star in the world, yeah, I, I'm seeing a little change a little bit. I saw a little change yesterday. I didn't like what I saw too much. Obviously, yes, the, the talent I did enjoy. I, I didn't like some of the reactions. A little bit Steph Curry-like. A little bit. Not that bad, but a little bit. No Nobody's as bad as Curry. You can imagine him as a quarterback, but... I'm I'm starting to worry about it, but it happens to all of them. They get they have some they have some major success and then they start to change, unfortunately, or they already were bad like Curry and then got worse. Um, but I'm getting a feeling like they're like I don't know. I don't. After the game, you didn't get any vibe though, like he's a hockey guy at all. Uh, him being Patrick Mahomes at all, uh, respect of Tom Brady, respect of the situation, and they didn't go into the season to get to the Super Bowl. They went into the season to win this and that. And I respect that very much. So I'm praying he's still the same guy and he'll stay the same guy the rest of his career. We'll see. Rodgers has pretty much always had kind of that chippiness to him. Uh, Brady is Brady. It's hard to explain. Uh, Very confident without arrogance. That's what I like about Brady. Maybe there's a quiet, like, like an athletic arrogance to him. But it's not as out in the open like a super cocky kid arrogance like the Currys of the world. I've never sensed that from Brady. I'm not sensing it from Mahomes yet, but I I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens. <clears throat> Some of the arrogance of the rest of his teammates. This might be starting to rub off a little bit because there's a lot of arrogance in that Chiefs sideline, believe me. Luckily, it's not Andy Reid either, though. So at least the two leaders of that franchise at the moment don't seem to have it, and if Andy Reid was going to be arrogant, he would have been a long time ago. He's obviously a major old-timer. He's in the twilight of his career and finally getting those rings, a la, you know, Dick Vermeil, guys like that. Will he only get one ring like Vermeil? We'll see. It's funny how Vermeil went on to coach the Chiefs later on, had major success offensively, but that defense couldn't stop anybody. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. What's going to happen in this game? <sighs> Anything could happen. Well, well, one thing that is going to happen, the Chiefs are going to score over 30 points, most likely. Oh, boy. Yeah, that could mean a loss for the Bucs, which is unfortunate. We'll see. Uh, it's guys like Mike Evans. He put it this way. If Mike Evans makes the mistakes he made against Green Bay, the Buccaneers absolutely lose the game, and the Chiefs win something like 38 38- 28, something like that, like a 10-point win, 38-28 38-31, 41-31 that kind of thing, it's going to be something like that, if Mike Evans makes a lot of mistakes, I do believe Brady gets an insane amount of yards, I do he's going to get his yards I don't think they're going to stifle Tom Brady like they stifled Jake Allen or did I just call him Jake Allen, again St. Louis Blues, Montreal Canadiens, goaltender yeah, yeah <laughs> Josh Allen, I keep calling him Jake Allen I got to get hockey out of my mind. That's the, again the goaltender in the NHL with the Blues for a while, and now he's on the Canadiens behind uh, uh, Carey Price. Of course, uh, check out Brave the Wild if you'd like some hockey conversation. They're still playing, at least they're still playing. Unlike the Vikings, you know, and wouldn't that be nice if the Vikings were still playing right now? We'd have to play the Chiefs, though. We'd have to play the Chiefs. They're the ones that started the, they're the ones that started the curse, the curse of 1969 for the Minnesota Vikings, which still stands today. The first time we got in a big, big, you know, first time we underachieved in a huge game. That was the beginning of it, and it's never been the same since. It's only been fifty-two years. That's all. I'm, you know, I'm sure nobody's bitter about that at all. Not bitter at all. Not not about the push off, not about the dropped pass, which was a very difficult play because it wasn't an accurate throw from uh, Wade Wilson on the in the end zone by uh, Darren Nelson in the 87 NFC Championship. No, we're not bitter about any of that. Not bitter about the across-the-body play. Farve to somebody. Uh, It was attempted to and Ugh, I can't Baryon to watch. No, that was actually attempted to, not to and it was to Sidney Rice. Rice was the guy he trusted, Baryon was the one he didn't. If he threw to and the Vikings might have won the Super Bowl that year, actually. He just didn't trust Baryon, because Baryon stinks. Um, He couldn't catch a cold, that guy. Or COVID-19, ooh, he couldn't catch it. Okay, that's not funny. Sorry, I'm just, yeah. Yeah, that's, he just wasn't a very good receiver. That's all. Uh, not bitter about that either. Not bitter about the uh, missed kick by Gary Anderson. Not bitter about the uh, pass interference calls that could have made, been called about five times in the Falcons-Vikings 98. Not bitter about that. Not bitter about the uh, the cheap play of the Philadelphia Eagles. Not bitter about the bleep Millie sign. Not bitter about the, the way they treated our fan base, including again Millie in Philly. Millie in Philly. <laughs> she wasn't in Philly, but they treated her like crap. In Philly, yeah. Um, not not bitter at all. Not bitter. Not bitter about the... Uh, <laughs> it could go on forever. Not bitter about the bad defense against the Giants or a possibility of them stealing plays in the 41-donut game. Not bitter about the way the Vikings gave up about 700 yards against the St. Louis Rams in 99-2000, if you know what I mean. Um, no, not bitter at all. Not bitter at all about the Vikings' playoff history. Not at all. Even though we weren't necessarily supposed to beat the uh, the Redskins or the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles necessarily, yeah, we should have though. I think. I think. Well, you know, I just you know, not bitter about the five fumbles against the Saints. That's the biggest of all. I think. I'm more bitter about that than the freaking Falcons game. Not bitter at all about Adrian Peterson's fumbling and bumbling and stumbling. Not bitter at all. Back to the Super Bowl. Tampa Bay, don't turn the ball over like that again. Otherwise, you'll be bitter about that too for many years. And he'll be, you know, a great quarterback that got got his team far and didn't win the championship. But he has achieved more than Joe Montana did in 93 with the Chiefs, losing, getting crushed by the Bills. And they ended up getting crushed by the Cowboys. That didn't mean anything, unfortunately. It was just cool they got another AFC championship, I guess. It's cool, but you get demolished in the Super Bowl. That's not fun. That's not fun. Win the Super Bowl, damn it. Don't get demolished. It's depressing. I don't know. I suppose it's better than getting demolished in the NFC or AFC Championship game, but they did. Again, uh, far to the Vikings. Great season. Should have beat the Saints, but they didn't. I'm still not bitter about that one. Uh, still not bitter at all. And then, of course, now uh, uh, Brady to the Bucks, getting them to the NFC title game, and most people thought the Packers would probably take care of business yesterday, and they didn't. They just didn't. Uh, the turnovers and the execution by Tampa... Strong defense when when they needed it most, getting the stops, this and that, and then um, well, they got they actually made it to the Super Bowl. The problem is, it's kind of like a kind of a Cinderella team, even though Brady's no underdog to anybody. Even at age forty three, he's not an underdog. He's still got everything. He's just you know, two years ago you thought his arm was gone when the uh, Patriots beat the St. Louis yeah, excuse me, Los Angeles Rams, and then next thing you know. You know, the, the next year his arm looked even weaker when they got beat by Tennessee and obviously during the course of the season. Great strong season. And then all of a sudden, the last couple of games, things went down the toilet. It was the first time ever you saw Brady and the Patriots just kind of drop off in December. Where this year Tampa looked like they were like going to be lucky to even sneak in as a wild card. And then they ended up finishing extremely strong. Still couldn't win the division because the Saints had a great record. And, of course, that demolition derby they had against the uh, Bucks earlier in the year put the Bucks in a very precarious situation, and then it prevented them from winning the division, them being the Bucs, of course. What's going to happen, though? What's going to be the destiny of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Are they just going to be more cannon fodder for the Kansas City Chiefs? I mean, even the Buffalo Bills, the mighty Bills, were basically cannon fodder to the Chiefs after that 9 nothing deficit for the Chiefs. Oh, it was a comeback. That's it just how it goes. Betting man would probably pick Kansas City in this game. A betting man would... Brady has lost Super Bowls in four. He's lost three. He lost two to the, uh, he lost two, to the New York Giants and one to the Philadelphia Eagles. There's something about those East Coast teams. They're just deadly. They're tough in the postseason. Like when they get to the big games, they win them usually. I mean, Philadelphia didn't win Super Bowls really, but they were able to beat the, the Brady and the Packers. It was just their year. Magic. Everything. Just everything, seemed to add up. No matter how spectacular Brady was in U.S. Bank Stadium that day. It was the most yardage ever in a football game, or a Super Bowl. One of the most yardage games ever of all time. It was like insane. Like how many yards were in that game? I don't even want to get into that. It's too long ago now. Well, it's not too long ago, but it doesn't matter at this moment the exact stat. But it it was like third all time and by far the most in any Super Bowl, which is crazy. It was a great game. It's just the wrong team won. Bottom line. I mean, none of us wanted the Eagles to win. Once again, hopefully Minnesota Viking fans are rooting for Brady, but I don't know, maybe not against the Chiefs, but they certainly were yesterday against the Packers. Oh, God. The, 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 uh, the, uh, (laughs) the Tampa Bay Buccaneers all absolutely can win. They absolutely can win the game. Uh, Absolutely. Um. W Buccaneers can win. The Chiefs probably should win, that type of thing. I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Bucs do it. Because a lot of people thought the Packers were going to take care of business. I got a feeling somehow, someway, this Buccaneers team is going to force some turnovers and somehow squeeze past this one. I'm probably going to be wrong. Probably going to be wrong like I was about the Bills. I'm probably going to be wrong. But I'm going to go out on a limb. I, I just, I, you know, Brady has beaten everybody but the East Coast teams. Kansas City's not an East Coast team. I know that's not important. It's the fact they have freaking Mahomes and they have an offense that is so instinct. It's like they just they're just ha- they're just they're just having fun out there basically. They're so good they just have fun, and they have almost a little too much fun and and uh, taunt the other team basically without even meaning to in some cases. Uh, I'm going to say the Buccaneers somehow someway pull this off. 35, 31, over the Kansas City Chiefs. They stun the world because it will be quite a surprise. It will be quite a surprise if they're able to pull it off. But I will bl- pick the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win the game and Brady to be the MVP. Or maybe a defensive player. Maybe White, of uh, the linebacker, number 45, Mr. White there, will be the guy that's the MVP. It'll either be Brady or him, depending on the situation. But I believe the Buccaneers win the Super Bowl this year. And then maybe Tom Brady does hang it up. Maybe. Or he says, oh, let's do it again next year. Next year we'll have home field and be 14-2. and And we'll repeat I don't know. If I were him, I would step away for sure. At 43, winning a Super Bowl and being an MVP, I think I'd step away, because what are the odds? Uh, That's going to happen again at 44. But it's Brady. We'll see. We shall see. With that, we'll take a break, and we will get to fan interaction after this. We are back here on Purple Mafia segment number two only for fan interaction. No call-ins that I know of, and that's something happened at the last second. Maybe I will just gaze over. No, no. okay. Hope you hear from somebody out there. Maybe uh, Mad Martin about the Super Bowl, something like that. Something like that, like a post-Super Bowl uh, call-in. That'd be really cool. Uh, there will be no Purple Mafia next week, of course, because we're leading up into the game, and I've already previewed it, and, you know, obviously we don't talk about the uh, All-Star games on on uh, Purple Mafia, it's not really worth it. Even though Pro Bowl might catch it, just watch for the heck of it off and on during the game. Why Why the hell not, really? So, of course, we'll open things up with the, uh, the Twitter account. And that would be at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. Pardon me for a second. Gotta have that in the show, right? Sipping coffee, right? Yeah. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah, Purple Mafia Show, that would be great. If you would follow that, that would be awesome. So, want to thank 10A Brown out of New Zealand and Vinrock Vince Germano out of Australia for retweeting the most recent episode 336 wildcard Review Divisional Preview That's not the right one. Is it? This is actually episode 338. Where is the last one? Did I not tweet it out? My goodness. Or did I screw up? Nope, this is late. Wow, there must not be a whole lot of there it is. Okay. Episode 337, Divisional Review, Conference Preview. <laughs> Thank you. And yes, Tine and Vince retweeted that one. Thank you so much, Sam Gupta out of California. Liked it. Thank you so much for that. So as we dig through to see, I know there were a few conversations off and on in here, probably me bitching and moaning about this and that. Of course there was. Yeah... Okay, Mad Martin says, that was actually last week that I was bitching. Captain Tom needs to keep the foot on the pedal and mash the slackers. He did for the most part, but then there was those gosh gosh darn, uh, um, you know, batted up passes. Thank you so much, Mike Evans. Mike Evans almost cost him the game. He almost did. Uh, Mad Martin then retweeted episode 337 after that. Thank you, Northern Scott. Thank you so much, Mad Martin. Uh, And then he says, coming down to the wire, because it was, obviously after those stinking turnovers... WTF was that? Is Evans a Packers fan? I think so. And he said unbelievable. That was after the turnovers. Eight-point game, he was saying. And then Black Space Gaming, which I do believe is Sebastian Barton. I wouldn't bet my house on that one at this point. Uh, Mankato, Mavericks and everything. Yeah, he's it's Sebastian Barton. <laughs> and I think that's great. Great to hear from Sebastian Barton. Again, he's been off of Facebook. But he is on Twitter, apparently, as Black Space Gaming. Black Space Gaming. Uh, his uh, Twitter account is at blackspace 999. Now he's going to be getting mad and say, screw you, Joey. I don't want my name out there, but no, (laughs) I don't know. But yeah, I would bet the house on that. He hasn't officially admitted it, but it's got to be. Like, who else could it be, right? So, we continue forward into the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. So, that's pretty much it for Twitter. Again, yep, like I was saying, (laughs) back to the Facebook page which is where I was trying to go, not going to be as much this week, looks like, uh, Purple Mafia show 337, so we're continuing where I basically left off, uh, posting the new show, and unfortunately, I should mention, there's a reason why you haven't seen me on Facebook at all the past week, and I couldn't post anything on the Purple Mafia page or anything, because uh, my account's been suspended, because somebody called, basically, you know, the owner of My Pillow, Mike Lindell, they called. They called. They called my pillow trash. Like they said it to, to Mike Lindell basically on Facebook. My pillow is trash, and you know his reasons was political reasons. He's just you know give me a break. And I'll, all I said was your trash. That's all I said, and I got suspended for seven days on Facebook. So uh, sensitivity training, huh? Sensitivity. <laughs> I think you guys need sensitivity training, not me. All I said was your trash. Like he, he's the one he's calling somebody else trash, and he won't get in trouble. But if I respond with your trash. It's, it's bad, so uh, I guess, so I guess, maybe that's a conversation for freedom, of, for freedom of thought, and I'm sure it will be, those of you that might agree with some of my political beliefs, go ahead and join that page, and listen to the show if you could, it's out there, it's out there on Twitter, for, or Twitter, it's out there on Apple, and all the same, everything but Pot of because it's not a Minnesota-based podcast, even though it is, but it's not considered a Minnesota-based podcast, it's just kind of like a overall, you know, worldwide type of a show, ah, my ankles are sore. I, I know why I was trying to skate yesterday. They're more sore than I thought. Gerald String out of Nebraska, and of course I couldn't. I couldn't even click like Gerald. So that's the reason I couldn't even click like. And I pretty, pretty, pretty strong believe Gerald String would probably like the Freedom of Thought podcast if you happen to be listening. Hopefully you've checked it out. Let me know, maybe in a private message or something. Gerald out of Nebraska, Purple Mafia Hall of Famer. Sebastian, Purple Mafia Hall of Famer. Tene, Purple Mafia Hall of Famer. Mad Martin Purple Mafia Hall of Famer I could go on the list it's just great. Thank you guys so much. Gerald Spring says, PS, three road victories to championship that would be the Bucks, right? Without lo- without looking, I think the Ravens and Giants are the only other teams to accomplish that. Joey would know if uh, Joey would know if there are others. The Denver Broncos. Yeah, the Denver Broncos of 97, that was a quickie because yes, um uh, that's another team that had an amazing. I think they are 14 and 2 in 96. And then they got upset by the Jags in the uh, division round, and I couldn't believe it. I felt terrible for John Elway. The 96 Broncos were awesome. It was the last year that they wore those, uh, uh, or- you know, the classic orange jerseys with the, you know, the old school, you know, with the with the blue helmets and the, and the orange D, you know, the old days when they went to the Super Bowls and got killed by Washington and San Francisco and, and teams like that in the Super Bowl back in the old days. Um, I think the Giants, too. Maybe. The 86 Giants. I can't remember who the 86 Giants beat. Can't remember. Um, But I know they got beat by Washington and San Francisco at least once. I think San Francisco twice, uh, I think. Nope. San Francisco beat... Yeah, San Francisco played a different team every time. Nope. Hell yeah. They played Cincinnati twice, but one yeah many years apart. 81, Cincinnati. Cincinnati went to the Super Bowl in 81 and the 49ers beat them. The 84 Dolphins got killed by the the, the 49ers. Uh, 88 San Francisco 49ers with the, with the drive by Montana beat the, the Cincinnati Bengals. A 10-6 49ers team, by the way. And then 89, crushing the uh, Broncos. But then 96, the Broncos did do it on the road. They got upset, so to speak, by Jacksonville the year before. Uh, and then 96, uh, 97 came. Jacksonville... Everybody was uh, had high hopes for them. They didn't do a whole lot. Broncos had to go on the road because Kansas City had home field advantage that year. I believe Bono was the quarterback, wasn't he? Or was that... No, that was Gerbach and Rich Gannon. Ger- Gerbach and Gannon. The infamous Gerbach-Gannon Gannon deal. Uh, if I remember correctly, in Kansas City. I do believe that's correct. Gerbach and Gannon. And they went with Elvis, Bleep, and Gerbach. And Gannon had been so successful... And the Broncos beat them in the uh, AFC Championship game, if I remember correctly. Or was it the second round? I, I can't, now I'm blanking on that one. But the Broncos end up getting to the Super Bowl and defeating the Packers, and I was very thrilled about that. I think that was the conference final. And uh, the, the the Broncos beat them and went on to the Super Bowl. They had to win three road games. I'm thinking, well, if Always going to win the Super Bowl, this year he's going to have to win three road games. It's going to be really tough. And he finally did. And they beat the Packers. It was a great day. So that's who it was. Um, Oh, yeah. And, of course, the Packers did it. Yeah, and the Giants did it. And, yes, yeah, the Steelers. See, that's another team. The Steelers in 2005. The 2004 Steelers were 15-1. See, this is another example. Why couldn't the Vikings do this? 15-1, 1998 Vikings. 15-1, 2004 Steelers. They get beat, they get upset, both teams, of course. Steelers got beaten right away in the divisional round, which was shocking, just like the 15-1 Packers. But um, but then the next year, the Steelers go back with an 11-5 team. They actually were kind of mediocre. They beat the Vikings, you know, and they started, they went on their December run and won the Super Bowl, December-January run and won the Super Bowl. And then, um, yeah, the pa- Vikings just couldn't do it. Packers, of course, also multiple road games. The Bears actually won that division. That's why they had home field advantage in the NFC Championship game, despite both teams being pretty inferior. Both of them were not that good. The NFC uh, North was pretty weak that year. Jill String says, goodbye Packers. Thank you, Tom Brady. The GOAT now will be a great Super Bowl. Congrats, Bucks. First team in NFL history to host the Super Bowl. That's true. Yep, just unlike the Vikings. Go Pack, go. Go Pack, go. Go home for the season. Yep, I agree. And again, I can't even click like. Mark Carlson, I was able to click like or love because of... uh, it was right before I got suspended, basically. It was like the same day, I think. Mark Carlson says, I have been looking forward to this round of playoff games and this episode. Thanks in advance. Palladino, Joey. Um, and I think we talked about uh, Doug Peterson last week, right? Yeah, that was last week. That's a I look already. So, there it is. That's the conversation there. Um, that is the fan interaction. Thank you guys so much again. There will be a week off next week, and then there will be a Super Bowl... Review, maybe we'll have a new offensive coordinator. Maybe we'll have a new special teams coordinator slash coach. I guess it's coordinator nowadays, which is just fine. Uh, hopefully, hopefully they're good choices. Odds are it's going to be Clint Kubiak. Uh, Adam Gase is a possibility. Yes, he is. Uh, Anthony Lynn's a possibility. I think Doug Peterson should be on the list. I think he should absolutely be on the list. High on the list, unless he's got a head coaching job in the waiting and then like a year or two somewhere else. We'll have to wait and see how that goes. Or, maybe the Vikings coach you never know <laughs> you never know what's going to happen with that. uh but we're waiting for that again. Nice to see the sunlight growing gradually now, and this time of year the sunlight gets it starts to grow much quicker now, early January it's just like a minute or two a day now it's becoming two or three minutes a day it's getting faster up to up to four minutes a day into february it's going to be nice spring is coming, even though it doesn't look like it it's coming you'll get more daylight and more energy it's going to be nice. Hope all of you have a good time. Hope you enjoyed the games. Hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl. Again, I'll miss you for a week. And then we'll be back two weeks from today, pretty much, to review the, yeah, it'll be two weeks from today, Monday morning. Monday morning quarterback, Joey we will review the Super Bowl and we'll probably talk about the new uh, offensive coordinator and special teams coordinator of the Vikings again. Hopefully they're good choices. We'll just have to wait and see. Uh, (laughs) Probably going to be Clint Kubiak, but maybe he's great. I don't know. Kevin Stefanski, sure as heck was good. Uh, So we'll see. Maybe I'll see if the young guy is a good choice and he ends up being great. We'll see. With that said, I'll pass out some stars, I guess, and some contact details and move on for the day, if humanly possible. So for the contact details, you're more than welcome to join the show via audio submission. Simply pick up your smart device, open the free voice recording application, which is on every smart device on the planet. Audio, voice, record, whatever the heck it's called. Open it, hit record, start talking, treat it like a phone call. Keep it to about five-ish minutes, something like that. But it's not going to kill me if you go ten minutes, especially in the off season. It's not going to kill me, though. So I'm sure for very few you want to even do that. Uh, but comment away, talk about the Vikings. Who knows? Um, and then, and then all you do then is send it slash share it. Either way you do it, send it to paladino live at yahoo dot com. live at yahoo dot com. All this information will be in the show description along with the Twitter account. And the Facebook page, of course. Final thing, please write a positive rating on iTunes or Stitcher if you could. It only helps the show so much. And I thank you so much for those of you that have done it in the past. And for those of you that are willing to do it in the future, thank you in advance. I I really hope to get, uh, really, really, I'm hoping for more and more of those. It's been quiet. It's been quiet for many years. And, of course, the trolls, uh, 10 to 10, anywhere from 10 to 5 years ago, there were trolls off and on that really hurt the rating of the show. And I need your help, frankly. Uh, Any of you do that do that, I'll thank you so very much and give you a star on air, for sure. Maybe a gold star, maybe a silver, something like that. Um, at the end of the day, gold star for this episode, Gerald String, bronze star, will go to, or excuse me, silver star. It's going to go to, uh, <laughs> it's going to go to the other two guys, Mark Carlson. And uh, Mad Martin, both of you are going to get silver stars. Thank you guys so much. these are the guys that commented significantly on this show. Can't thank you enough for those of you that do that. You keep this show going. You keep it fun. You keep it great. And you keep me coming back every year. And more than likely, I'll be back next September. But, of course, during the offseason as well to talk about, you know, to wrap up the season, so to speak. state of the Vikings just sometime after the Super Bowl. Free agency. Draft. Review. Draft preview. Then there's a hiatus then you start getting caught up, and then you start talking about the, before you know it, it's uh, training camp again, and, and, you know, and we get moving into the regular season before you know it. With that said, again, thank you guys so much. I'll be off for a week, and we'll talk about the Super Bowl two weeks from today. Until then, take care, and God bless.